Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Hey guys, today I am interviewing Amanda LeCount and we will be discussing how she is breaking the stereotype. But before we begin, I want to remind you that My Creative District and Worldwide Dance Challenge has just reopened enrollment into the Worldwide Dance Academy. If you know anyone that would be interested in learning how to dance from instructors from across the world, have them visit the WorldwideDanceChallenge.com forward slash academy to learn more. I am super excited for today's guest. She is doing some amazing things, not only has, is she a very accomplished dancer? She's worked with artists like Katy Perry, Rihanna, Lady Gaga. She's appeared on shows like Ellen. She's crazy talented, but she's also doing this thing called breaking the stereotype that I'm so excited to talk about. But Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you today. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna dive into it again. I know that you, um, you know, you have worked with a ton of different artists, even staying busy. Well, we're gonna talk about that, but staying busy even with what's going on right now with everybody trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, <laughs> there's a journey to get there, and and so I want to talk about a little bit what has led you up to starting this breaking the stereotype movement that you have. Uh, what's kind of led you to your success? And I mean, you're so, uh, I mean, you're, you're still, still so young at 19. I, I want to start about where this, this whole crazy journey for you started. So let's, let's go back to like, you know, the five-year-old version of, of Amanda. What was going on at that time? Oh gosh. Um, she had like no cares in the world. All she wanted. <laughs> I started dancing when I was two. And how I got into it is I have a very big family. I'm one of seven kids and I'm the youngest and I have two older sisters and they were dancing at the time. And my mom was very busy and she worked like two or three jobs. So I would go with her to the dance studio a lot of the time. Um, she couldn't afford a nanny or anything. So I would be at the dance studio quite frequently and I would always like stare through the window looking at my sisters or bouncing around to the music and I think she just kind of had that like motherly sixth sense that told her like okay this is something that she might love like put her into it and see if she likes it and she was right and I loved it clearly um, my sisters don't dance anymore but they did get me started so shout out to them um, and then it was a pretty normal like young dancer like I had a lot of fun whatever and then I didn't even start hip-hop dancing, which if you don't know me, that's what I kind of focus on is hip-hop dancing. Um, I didn't start that until I was like seven or eight is when I started doing hip-hop. And then immediately when I tried it, I knew that that was like my thing. I loved everything about it. I was like, no ballet tights, no technique. I love <laughs> technique it. Technique out the window. <laughs> um, so I absolutely fell in love with it. And I knew that that was like my favorite style of dance after like two classes. And then things kind of took a turn and started going a little down south when I was around like nine or ten-ish. Um, people would start talking about me and talk about my body when I was like nine, which is really sad. 
Um, and I would hear my friends whispering or looking at me. You could just tell they didn't really approve of me being there. And when I was 11, I believe, I actually got kicked out of this studio because the guy that ran it said I didn't fit his vision for his studio. So pretty much my body was an issue and he only wanted skinny girls that would wear skimpy outfits. And I was like, if you want that, sure. Um, So I obviously left that studio. He kicked me out. And even though in the moment that was very like traumatizing for an 11 year old, as as you can imagine, now looking back, it's, it's one of like my favorite experiences to ever happen to me because again, in the moment it was terrible and so hard to deal with. But now looking back, it's like, I think that's one of the things that really kickstarted my body positivity journey and my goal of trying to prove people wrong. And he's definitely a huge reminder of why I do what I do. Um, So that happened when I was 11. And then I moved to LA about three years after that. And I had so many people tell me like, oh, you're too fat. You're, you don't have the right look. You have to lose weight before you go to LA. Like it's a waste of your time, but I didn't listen. And I'm really lucky that I had a mom who was so supportive. Like, so she never second guessed my choice to move to LA or to be a professional dancer. She could care less what people said. And I think that I definitely would not be here without my mom being the mom she is Um, and then (laughs) yeah shout out to mom she's great but I started my breaking the stereotype movement about four years ago and it's it's self-explanatory but I just wanted to show people and hopefully inspire people and tell them that there's not a look to be successful like if you're talented and you have something special you're going to succeed at it no matter what and even if like the journey is hard to get there you will get there and it'll be so worth it in the end. So I just try to be kind of, and I always say that I want to be the person that I didn't have growing up. So, you know, I couldn't like go to a Selena Gomez concert and see someone like me dancing. Like that, that was a joke when I was little, people would laugh and like literally boo that person. Um, So it definitely wasn't a normal thing. So now that I have the opportunity to do these amazing things with these huge artists, I'm hoping that, they are inspired by that and kind of that gives them hope that they can be successful too. There is no stereotype for uh, success. You know, you, you can, you know, the, the whole, as a man thinketh by James Allen, what a man can thinketh he can achieve, you know, and I'm a full believer in that. And I'm really curious though, because I feel like, you know, there are still times in every creative person's life where we have to make a decision. But to me, to think about like some of the decisions you had to make, at the young age you had to make is, is crazy to me. So I'm, I'm really curious. This guy comes to you at 11 years old and says, you're not fit for my vision. Mm-hmm. What, what keeps you from saying, I'm making a mistake here. What kept you going to say, I don't care what you say. I know what I know. And so I'm going to move forward. I think if someone's truly passionate about something and it's what they are meant to do in life, nothing and nobody will stop you. Like, even if it hurts in the moment, like, obviously, I, I didn't hear that and just go, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> right. I was very, like, devastated in the moment. But I think if you truly love something, you will not stop no matter what. I just couldn't imagine stopping. But also, moms are great. She, it's hard to explain. And I always try to explain this right, but it always doesn't come off exactly how I wanted to. But she didn't, um, like, baby me. 
And when I, she gave me like a day to be upset. And then yeah. she was like, okay, Amanda, like you can't be upset about this forever. Like you love dance. You're not going to let this one like random guy who has done nothing stop you from achieving your goals. Like you can't be a baby. You have to suck it up. This is going to happen if you want to be a dancer. So we need to move on, go to a new studio, keep training and prove him wrong. I know a lot of parents, and this is totally understandable, would probably at that point want to take their kid out of that situation and take them out of dance. She knew me so well and knew that dance is the only thing I loved that she did not care who got in my way. Like she was going to make sure that I got to where I want to be. We kind of live in a participation trophy era where if you show up, you should be able to get an award or you should, uh, you know, you should be recognized for just showing up. Do you feel like that lesson set you up for Hollywood? Because Hollywood is brutal. Yes, um, I completely think that that helped me um, prepare for L.A., um, I mean, the first, one of the first days I was in LA, I had Richard Simmons tell me I needed to lose 20 pounds to make it. I realized that I'm going to have to be 10 times as good as, you know, the, the typical dancers to even be looked at. That instance at 11 years old could have either made you or break, broke you, right? And it, it, mm -hmm. it made you. Do you run into a lot of entitled situations being out in LA people thinking they just owed something because they either are somebody or they're somebody's kid. I think probably the most common thing I run into with that topic is people get followers and their head like just oh. triples. And I don't think people realize that sometimes they do care about followers. Like I have been at an audition where they literally asked for followers, which is disgusting, but oh, wow. That's a different conversation. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, choreographers could care less. Like, you could have five followers, you could have five million. They do not care. Like, it's about the dancing, and half the people in L.A. don't realize that. Okay. And, like, even me, like, obviously, I have a, a decent following. Like, I'm very lucky. Don't get me wrong. I'm very grateful. But I don't think that that measures my talent. And I think a lot of people think that. They're like, ooh, the more followers I get, like, the better I am. And that's not how it works. To your point, like you put the dancers, like you put Kidda and and Bailey up against them. And it's like, oh, come on. Yeah, I think it's very easy to get caught up in being popular and the followers. I've even been like, I've done that before where I'm like, oh, mom, like I'm about to hit this followers. And then I think about it and I'm like, why am I putting so much value on this number? on my phone, you know what I mean? I, I just kind of realized like, that's pretty shallow of me to like only be worried about my following. The work is worth so much more than the following. There's plenty of amazing dancers who work all the time that do not have a big following. They have like 2000 followers. They don't care about the following. They're there to, you know, get their dream jobs and to work and to go on tour. They're not worried about if Jessica likes their video. So I would say worry less about the numbers and worry more about the training. First of all, how do you find the important people? And then next, how do you connect with them? Yeah, um, you definitely have to do your research because like I said, a lot of the great choreographers aren't like huge on social media. Yeah. Some of them are like Brian Freeman, obviously, but a lot of them aren't. So you definitely have to do your research and, you know, look at your favorite artists and find their choreographer or find the assistant choreographer or one of the dancers 
and then you can connect through them and then eventually get to meet the choreographer or there's the way of just obviously taking class like Brian Freeman is one of my mentors we're very close but it didn't happen like overnight and I think that's a common mistake is these dancers will think and I thought this too they think that they'll take one class with their choreographer and they like killed it and they're just gonna like hire them the mm. next day like for all the jobs and that is not how it works like these choreographers that you see that have like their assistants that they've had for like 10 years it took a long time for them to get there like yeah. they didn't just take one class and then boom they're there so it's definitely a constant thing like you have to constantly put the work and effort in for brian freeman i would take every single one of his classes um i would try to stand in the front as much as i could and just you have to impress them, but it took two or three years for him to even know who I am. Wow. So you definitely have to put the work in and don't think it's going to happen overnight because you will just be disappointed. Um, but I would say the best, the best choice is to take the choreographer's class if they teach. It's a hard thing if they don't teach often because there are some that rarely teach. Yeah. It just takes time. You have to give it time. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy to see where Richie has come uh, because him and I used to hang out all the time. He is a super cool dude. When you kept going to Brian's class, did you go there with the intent that you wanted him to, that you wanted to develop a relationship with him? Or did you just go there because you loved his class and you just wanted to stay consistent? What was your real reason to start doing that in the first place? Both, honestly. Okay, okay. <laughs> Choreography, I've said, I say this all the time. I think it's probably like my favorite choreography. I, I do. There's just something about it. It's like he has such a signature style. Yes, it's jazz funk, but when I see Brian Freeman choreography, if you were to just have a random dancer do it, I would know in like five seconds is Brian Freeman choreography. Um, so, first, I do obviously love his choreography, but it was definitely, I wanted to keep going to get his attention. My goal until obviously I knew him was just to have him like know my name or to recognize me or, you know, at the end of the class, when I say thank you, say, oh, like I've seen you in my class before. You did great. I loved his class, but I also did want to eventually build that connection since he does so many things in the dance world. How did you, how did you make sure he noticed you? Because I, I've been to those classes. There's sometimes like a grip of people in there so and and a lot of them are really good right a lot of people brian freeman's been around for a minute so yeah. a lot of people know his choreography they go in there they kill it how did you make sure that he saw you i think what helps me stand out as far as like in classes and also just can go for auditions but i tend to focus more on the performance value than the steps and I feel like a lot of people in LA are like oh if I get the steps perfect they're gonna like me but it doesn't matter if you have the steps perfect like that doesn't mean someone's gonna want to watch you so <laughs> I grew up always learning that performance comes first whether I had the steps perfectly or not I was going full out I was performing my butt off like I was treating it like I was on like the VMA stage and I think that's what helps me stand out from people is because I didn't treat it like just step. Just try to treat it like an audition almost. That's how I treat a lot of my classes. Like, okay, there's a job. They're going to pick whatever, 10 people. What would I do? I, I feel like, you know, the terminology that I'm familiar with is like marking it, right? Like yep. I'm just marking yep. it right now. And I feel like so many people are marking it through life. They're just, mm -hmm. they're just, uh, 
dipping their toe in the water because they're so afraid of screwing up or they're so afraid of falling on their face. And I don't know about you, but I'm not necessarily always the most smooth cat in the class. And so I may or may not have been known to face plant a couple of times, you know, in a class. But, you know, I remember the, the I remember the thing that stood out to me when I was in, in LA one time I was at an audition and I was, I was really focused on getting the steps and I, I fall in line with you. I'm, I have seen more people book a job because they danced the piece versus mm -hmm. them killing the choreography because the core, the guy that got the core, the girl that got the choreography down pat, she looks like a robot, but the person over here looks like somebody that's living through the movement. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there's so much value to say about that, not just in dance, but just in life, mm -hmm. like either, like there's something to be said about going for it. Yeah. And, and, you know, they, they, you know, in business, people say, you know, business loves speed. You know, you need to, you need to move. Well, you can't move fast marking it. Let's, let's shift a little bit of the conversation to this, you know, this movement that you, that you have started. And I just, I love the message behind this movement, breaking the stereotype. And so again, when did you decide that, listen, I'm not going to just dance. I'm going to be a voice. Um, oh my gosh. Um, I mean, even when I first moved to LA, I think me just going to these classes and going to these auditions was making a statement in itself before I even knew that like I was starting a movement. I think people were already um, getting that from me, if that makes sense. Yep. Um, because just by me being there, like I said, I'm making a statement. Um, but what made me want to do it is I, w I wouldn't say it was like a specific um, like audition or anything. I was just in my car one day and I was like, Hey, you know what? I wanted to create this hashtag because I had seen a few of my friends have one, but none of them were like serious. If that makes sense. It was like their age and then like rocks, like 17 rocks. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so I wanted one that actually could withstand time and one that meant a lot to me. So I came up with breaking the stereotype pretty quick, actually. Um, and I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Like I didn't think, okay, I'm starting a movement. It's called breaking the stereotype. Like that's not how it went. I just wanted it more for personal reasons. Mm. And then people started noticing it. Obviously I put it on all my social media and my posts and they started responding really well to it. And then I realized that like, oh, like a lot of people feel the same way. I should kind of spend more time on this and expand just this hashtag and turn it into even more. So I started, you know, doing more interviews talking about body positivity and I talk about breaking the stereotype a, a lot. And now it's like, I mean, it's like my person, my personality. Um, like if you know me, you know, breaking the stereotype. I just wanted to inspire people, obviously, no matter what, what's the word, like occupation you're trying to do. There's always stereotypes, no yeah. matter what it is, like dancer, actor, lawyer, doctor, there's stereotypes for everything. And for me, my view on it is if you don't see anyone like you in that field, then you're probably needed in yeah. that field. By you breaking those stereotypes, you're going to inspire a lot of people. And if you want to see change in a certain 
uh, occupation, then you have to start that change. So that's what I was trying to do. And it, it's gone over pretty well. So I'm and, very lucky. You know, it doesn't always work out for, for, for everybody. Do you <laughs> think it's because it wasn't going to work? Or because it wasn't meant to work? It's hard because part of me wants to say like they probably weren't meant to do that. But part of me is like, well, no, not necessarily. Like, I would say that if someone, I'm going to go with that if it doesn't work out for someone, they probably weren't that passionate about it. Because for, like I said, for me, no matter how many times someone t tore me down, and even today, like obviously people still tear me down. Yeah. It, I'm never going to let it stop me from doing what I'm doing because I'm so passionate about it and so like serious about this that I need to do this. Like I, my life revolves around this. So if you truly are passionate about something and it's all you think about, then you will get there. It might take five years. It might take 15 years. It might take 60 years, <laughs> but you will get there. And end up doing what you love. So I would say it's a matter of how passionate that person actually is and how hard they're willing to work. Because if you don't have good work ethic, forget it. Work, <laughs> work ethic, you can just forget about it. It's not even worth trying. My question is this, you've, you've got experience, you have a resume, but do you still experience people shunning you because of what you you know, who you are, your body type, all that kind of stuff? Or is it now you've made it, so now it's gravy train? It's kind of a mix of both to me. Um, I think people, now that they've seen what I've been able to accomplish, they're starting to have respect for me, um, which is great, but I shouldn't have to, like, have that amazing resume for people to respect what I do. But um, people are starting to realize that, okay, she actually is talented, like, she's a serious dancer. But then part of me knows that a lot of people credit my success because of my message so they're like oh she just got that because they're trying to be you know in inclusion and oh, you know more versatility and just because like her body positive message they want to look good you know what I mean so I get a lot of the time to like oh she just got that because of her sad story or she just got that because of her message or the only reason she got that is because you know x y and z and no, the reason I got it is because I'm talented <laughs> and because I was better than half the people in the room. So it is really frustrating when people try to credit my success for my body, because that's almost like the exact opposite of how it actually works. Like more often than not, I don't get jobs because of the way I look. So for people right. to say, oh, she only, you know, gets to work with Rihanna and Lady Gaga because her body type, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. I do think now my resume does kind of help people um, respect me. But like I said before, your resume shouldn't like determine the amount of respect people have for you to me. Everyone deserves respect. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, you know, as a human being, you deserve respect because we're human beings. Humanity in and of itself is something to respect. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big uh, advocate for that. But you know, I'm curious because you do have a lot of people that follow you, but you know, I always say with a bigger, with a bigger audience, you have a bigger target. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, in, in high school, we called it bullying. Uh, in once you graduate, it's called trolling, but either way you have, you have, you have somebody that's giving you a hard time. Do you still deal with that quite a bit? Um, now, even though you have this career that has, you know, that has proven that you 
are talented and all that, but do you still find that you're getting attacked and it hasn't grown since your audience has grown? Um, yeah, I definitely still obviously all the time get negative comments. Um, that will never go away. Literally, I could go on tour with Beyonce and they will still be like, you're not talented. Like, I'm just going to get hate regardless. I would say that my resume doesn't help people not hate on me, but it does help me snap back at them. Not snap back. That's the wrong word. Like, I, my thing is like, even if someone bullies me, I never think it's okay to bully someone else. Like, I'm never going to be like attacking them because that's not right. going to help anything. Yep. But my resume does help because if someone says like, oh, like no one's going to hire her. I bet she's done nothing. Like she's a joke, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so like, yeah, you're right. Like only Rihanna and Lady Gaga was a one. Oh, sorry. Um, so it kind of helps me because I, oh, I love saying that. And then they always like delete the comment or like, oh. <laughs> um, so it is really funny and it's fun to use, but I definitely don't think it helps as far as like negative feedback people like I said will always have something negative to say about you and I think that's something that everyone has to realize like no matter even if I did look like a regular dancer or I had the perfect dancer body like people would still hate on me so it, it's just what it is what about to that somebody that's just starting out that doesn't have a resume again um, whether it's a a dancer, singer, actor, model, it doesn't matter, but people are constantly getting after them and saying they're not talented. What do you, what would you give them for like strategies or tactics that they can use to like, just get rid of the noise if they don't necessarily have that resume to lean on? Yeah, I would say if someone tries to uh, give you negative comments or say that you're not talented or anything like that, I would say try to use it if you can as kind of motivation to work even harder so you can get to that point and then come back later and be like, yeah, haha, remember that you said that? Think of it more as um, kind of reinforcing why you're doing what you're doing. Sure. And then when you get there one day, it'll be like the best feeling ever. How do people learn more about you know, the, the breaking the stereotype movement? Where can they find, uh, find out about that? And, you know, how can they support you? Sure. Um, well, my main social media is Instagram. Obviously, I feel like a lot of people, <laughs> it's the same way. Um, and that's just Amanda LeCount, how it sounds. Um, and I talk about breaking the stereotype all the time on there. And my feed is like 90% body positivity. So um, I think it'd be cool if you checked it out. Um, and then also, I do have a website. And that's just AmandaLeCount.com. And pretty much anything you want to know about me is on there somewhere. So those are my two like main places that you awesome. can find out more information. Yeah. And if you are up late at night, she does have a tendency to do like <laughs> between midnight and 3am, she might do a photo shoot. So, yeah, and there I might be some posts going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I just am such a big fan of, of what you're doing. I love the message. Um, that you're that you're giving because there's so many people out there that need to hear this and uh, Again, we're gonna put all of your we'll put your website. We'll put the, the links to your social uh, social media to uh, You know in our show notes so people can find you easy But again, I just I, I really appreciate you taking time and, and chatting with me and uh, I know that this has brought a lot of Encouragement to our listeners that needed to hear it so bad. So I appreciate you doing this. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. I, I had a lot of fun and I hope the people listening had a good time. 
Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Well, to everybody else, thank you so much. Stay tuned to the next episode. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.